Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a bit of a crazy week, but uh, we waited a day because not much had been happening, and turns out we were right to do so. Yeah. It's one of those odd times where, oh, we're going back to our Sunday schedule. I know what we'll do. We'll release a Fey channel. Oh, what's this? Flexibility. Mm. We did it. And uh, we, we're here uh, to discuss that Fey channel and take that intelligence systems. You didn't get us this time. Although if we had, you know, not already planned to wait a day, we would have gotten caught by that. Yeah. But, you know, intelligence systems doesn't need to know that. The point is, Eddie, we got them. Yeah, all sure. right. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We'll move on to the banners because we've got, uh, you know, quite a bit going on here. Weekly Revival Banner 8, as per usual. Double Special Heroes rounding out. Uh, it's going to be ending, probably ending before you even uh, before you even hear this. It's already done. Sorry, folks. Bond of Trust goes until the 27th, though. So if you're a quick listener to Summoner's Call, you can still work on that banner. Tempest Trials goes until the 29th. Heroes with Bonfire goes until the 2nd of May. The start of it all, uh, the Special Heroes Revival version, goes until the 4th. Year 1 through 4 CYL Hero Fest banners. That's four banners in total. Those go until the 9th of May. Finally, Childhood Encounter goes until the 18th of May. Now, Eddie, I have a... uh, Not necessarily a cautionary tale for summoning, but it's not a positive one. But I want you to go first, because I feel like yours is going to be less upsetting. <laughs> I mean, it's not really upsetting or not upsetting, because it was just a handful of free summons off of the banners as they came in this week and got nothing that special out of them. I haven't gotten around to summoning on the Golden Week stuff, which are the Hero Fest banners. Uh, planning to wait till I have all 20 free summon tickets and knock them all out right then. So Yeah, see, that wasn't upsetting. That was just neutral. I didn't say it was going to yep. be like uplifting but yeah nothing fancy just you know nothing (laughs) which is fine in comparison to what happened to me which uh with the golden week banners kind of being outside my summoning radar it's kind of what i was waiting to see before i jump back into the uh double double special heroes i did decide to dip back into the double special heroes for missing heroes on the green and red orbs i did end up getting a four star Lychesis, Lychesis, uh, to match my four-star Zyhark from last episode. So was um, this a um, special Lychesis? Yes, I should. that is a good point, and I did notice that while I was... Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure she's just sitting there in the three- to four-star pool anyway, so... Yeah, I would not have reported that, but you're right. The the special hero that is on the special hero banner... With the Swari Lychesis or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I did upgrade her to a five stars, and I thought, hey, well, you know, I did say dip, but uh, that's not what happened. I jumped in, cannonballed. Um, I I dumped all my orbs into there, just trying to get the heroes that I was looking for um, from those colors. After getting the four star versions, I'm like, hey, this is pretty swell, and uh, I proceed to get a bunch more Zaharks and Lychesis, uh heroes, four star and five star versions. No luck on, I think it's Bridget, uh, Pirate Bridget, and New Year's uh, Levitane, is it? Uh, Levitane does have a New Year's version. I'll admit I didn't pay enough I don't attention know to it's... this banner because I already had everyone. So 
Yeah, I man, I don't know if it's if it's Levitine because there's two there's two characters on that banner, or sorry, that the New Year's banner that um, I always mix them up the two uh, book two characters, and now I'm not going to be able to easily find it because it was weeks ago. Either way, I did not get those heroes. I have a plus three version of uh, Lychesis and a plus four version of Zahark. And I really hate summoning sometimes, so I'm probably going to head back into a grumpy uh, hold all my orbs phase because I just, I like to get at least, well, I guess I did get one character, got two characters that I wanted, but it just sucks that you like, you do all that summoning, you get half the heroes you were looking for, and you continue to get that half thinking like, well, this is lame. And it's, yeah, it's unfortunate um, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna pause summoning there for a bit as I build up my orb sort of stash as a free-to-play player, but I think I'm good, uh, considering the news we got in the Fey channel, um, for the legendary hero, I'm, I'm pretty much set until at, at least the next, next banner. Okay, yep, um, I did confirm it is Levitane, that's the New Year's hero that shares a color with Lachesis, and, yeah, Brigitte and Zihark share a color as well, so... Those are the ones that eluded you. Yeah, for another time. I really did kind of... I don't think I got any of the pirate heroes when they first arrived, so I was kind of hoping to get some of them, uh, but no luck, so... Well, you got got one of them. The free one, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you're right, technically I got one of them, but no, not, not the ones yeah. I was going for. But of course, the Tempest Trial has been going on, so hopefully you've gotten your child in his character from there. Because he's going to be participating in the child abuse, I mean, child championship <laughs> voting gauntlet that was announced this morning uh, with the login bonus coming in. Yeah. I got everyone on there but Lara, Shell, and Merrick. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, you're not wrong. You know, having two groups of kids uh, fight it out um, for our enjoyment, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. It's a slippery slope, but uh, all of Fire Emblem is really. Just, you know, one step away from the cliff, right? Yeah, the child banner was kind of a weird one anyway. But, yeah, it's just (laughs) to pit them in there like this. And I know they technically don't have to fight each other. You can send other characters to do the fighting for them. But just kind of feels like you're putting them into a gauntlet. It's just one big uh, rock, paper, scissors uh, tournament. It's not at all Mortal Kombat whatsoever. So, Not at all. Uh, but there is other stuff going on this week. Uh, it starts off with the Sigurd Legendary Hero banner in battle. Uh, we'll cover him in a few minutes because he was announced in the Fey channel on the 28th. Uh, a couple days later, on the 30th, we have that Child Championship voting gauntlet starting. Uh, on the 1st of May, that brings us out there. Oh, wait, wait, no, sorry, wrong reference. Not talking about Jonathan Colton here. Uh, it brings us a new BHB with Shamir and Catherine as well as a banner for it. Uh, before we end the week off with another round of Pawns of Loki, uh, starting up on the second. Great stuff. And not too far out from that date, we have a confirmation of our next uh, resplendent hero, our next new resplendent hero, which will be Leif, uh, Prince of Leonster. Uh, and I might be mispronouncing that. It seems to come with the territory of that game that part of the franchise but uh leif takes inspiration from the land of niffle the ice kingdom from book f- book two i almost said book four again what am i doing here 
Uh, he will be available from May 10th after Lelina. So look forward to that. Yep. Nice to see uh, some book four getting or FE4 getting some love. Uh, <laughs> and I like, I, I do also love how you like to try and blame it on that game for you mispronouncing things. It's, yeah, it's true. The, the thing completely unrelated to uh, the uh, genealogy of the Holy War games, it's, it's, it's its fault. It's confusing and I don't like oh, yes, it. You're right. That is book five or FE five. That's it is. So I screwed up there, but still I like how you like to blame the game, that specific game, not, you know, every other game that you tend to mispronounce things for as well. Oh, it's like an, it's like my pastime to mispronounce things. So you're right. Totally right. Uh, I, I think, I I wonder if the the like n- sometimes the Niffle garb and the Asker garb are very similar, and it also kind of feels like they're actually you know what at first glance I was like this kind of looks phoned in but now I look a little closer at it, there are a lot of elements to his armor that really scream book two, and uh, he looks really good in this armor. Yeah, it definitely looks clearly Niffle to me. Um, the snowflake uh, emblem attached somewhere randomly. The light blue coloring. I mean, while the um, swirling of the diamonds or the gold diamond things is somewhat similar, you always know uh, Niffle because it has a bit more blue in it. Yeah, that is a good point. I do love the blue. I I think that blue is a really strong color. And uh, paired with the the pink and red, it it always shines through. So they they do love to give uh, Book 2 some love. So that's nice. You can. I, I think at this rate, we probably could create like a like a team of of Niffle resplendent heroes. We must have enough of them. You got Lynn. You got Leif. Probably. There's probably a couple others. Sita uh, that comes to mind. When when did resplendent heroes start? Was it January, February last year, or was it later on? Either way, I'm pretty sure we have at least 24 of them by now. So for sure, good chance at least four of those are all Niffle. Oh it, yeah, and exactly. If you count the originally the Niffle characters originally, then, you know, those ones already are dressed up to match. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, But the main topic this week, the reason we delayed the show is the Golden Week celebrations. Sorry, I skipped ahead. Is the Faye channel. And, uh, but that includes the Golden Week event that is running. I'll go through those in a little, just a little bit. But we'll also cover the new Legendary Hero preview as well as the version update we're expecting May 6th. Now, kicking things off with the Golden Week events, uh, you've got Golden Week Login Bonus, which is going to net you 100 Dragon Flowers. Um, I don't know if that's 100 of each of each type. Yeah, Of each type, yep. Yeah, and uh, 50 Sacred Stones and 50 Heroic Grails. Now, that is over a, a two-week period, and you're going to get 10, 10 of those, I think. So you have two weeks yeah, to get those just... 10 love how all the event login bonuses have turned to crap yeah turn to random other currencies orbs is what we're looking for i mean i i don't know if people yeah i wish you know i understand it but you know i wish it yeah i wish like last time it was two of them one that was orbs ones that was other stuff yeah we don't even get the daily maps no orbs uh, offered in-game, although there is some opportunity to get orbs in just a little bit. You'll also have the double experience and SP event running, as well as a quintuple XP and SP event. I'm guessing those are taking place um, 
over weekends during the event. I, I, I don't have details in front of I me. I believe the... I'd have to pull it up in the game, but I believe the double is every is constantly always on. The quintuple is for the weekends. That would make sense. Uh, you've also got the Choose Your Legends Hero Fest that we went over uh, earlier in the show. Golden Week quests, which are going to give you up to uh, five one or one five one free summon tickets for each of those banners for a total of twenty tickets. And finally, the Phase Quiz Event, which started today on Twitter. You can go over to twitter.com slash Heroes and start participating in that quiz. And the reward for that, I just closed the tab. I don't know why I did that. The reward is uh, 10 orbs. There's your orbs. And um, uh, ephemera, is that the one? Ephemera 2. No, those aren't ephemera. They're divine codes. Oh, man. Yeah, Divine Codes. There's too many currencies, people. I play this game every day, and I try. <laughs> but thank you, Eddie. Uh, uh, divine Code 2's times 150. Is that right? Divine yep. Codes. Why does that sound wrong? Oh, it's right here. Yeah, 150 Divine Codes Part 2. Yeah, the quintuple events run from uh, Friday to Monday. Uh, while it's, I think, just double. Yeah, double at the other times. So, for the Golden Week stuff. That sounds pretty good. So, also, what wasn't mentioned in the Fade Channel, there are also a handful of uh, Golden Week uh, orb packs, if you have any interest in them. Uh, All the way from just a 12 orb pack that is theoretically cheaper to an orb pack with Sothis Silver Spectre and a orb pack that gives you 480 Dragon Flowers. 120 of each type so bunch of war packs uh and the last sword pack that i mentioned does give you uh summon tickets for the year four cyl hero fest that'd be a good deal if you're uh if you're just starting out if you're just starting out or already buying orbs anyway there other than those hero fests and all those other celebrations we did get an announcement of as we mentioned earlier of the next legendary hero which is sigurd the fated holy knight uh and he is like I said, Sigurd is finally getting his turn. I had mentioned a month or half a month or so ago or some point earlier in April that, you know, there were a couple lords who still hadn't gotten a chance to get legendary versions, which Sigurd was one of them. It launches in two days from uh, the time we're recording, so probably one day from the time you're listening. Uh, so we should get the video tonight. Uh, may already be out for you, which will go over his skills, all his skills in more detail next week. Uh, once we know them, after we get that video and he's in the game. Uh, but the they showed in the Fae channel looks interesting and a bit confusing, so I kind of need to either fiddle with him or get a better look at him. Because, uh, like, his special skill, uh, which I believe is his legendary skill, uh, from what I understand, it actually works no matter what, whether it triggers or not. But when it triggers, it'll help all other allies. Uh, not entirely sure, though, because that would be the first special that actually works when it doesn't trigger so hmm interesting yeah that sounds that sounds like a new sort of version of a special yeah of a special so like yeah hmm. because holy knight aura it says at the start of turn you can move one extra space this turn only does not stack be a special damage by 25 percent of units attack after combat if 
Unit special triggered grants attack plus six to unit and all allies for one turn. And unit and all allies can move one extra space. That turn only does not stack. Uh, bonus granted to allies even if unit's HP reaches zero. So even if he dies, he'll give everyone else the extra movement. Uh, so the way they word it kind of makes it seem like the him being able to move an extra space happens no matter what. I wonder if the aura part of this description is kind of like, is the keyword here that we might start seeing from other heroes is your special is going to have like another power. A constant effect. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yep. Hmm. I mean, it's a legendary skill. I'm pretty sure that's his legendary skill. So I guess it's, you know, they decided to go ahead and let him have it on his special. But in the past, it's always been a B or C skill type thing where, you know, you have this effect, and if your special triggers, you get this bonus. Well, maybe I made a mistake <laughs> in dumping my orbs into the double special heroes, because that sounds pretty cool. Well, we'll have to see when he actually gets in the game and we get a better detail of his skills and all. So, But uh, other than that, we did also get info on the May 6th version update. So the next update, we didn't get all the details. We didn't get the, you know, house cleaning stuff. Uh, but we did get a bunch of other news about it. Uh, the first bit of news to cover for the update is related to Sigurd, in that it has to deal with, uh, in that we are getting a new Legendary Hero remix in May. Uh, this time, the featured heroes, as uh, Ryan was confused in, about in his reading of data mining, are Ryoma and Gunthra. My, my mistake. But yeah, I remember that. Uh, and it was, yeah, like, there oh, was that also makes a discussion sense. afterwards in um, Discord about you know whether they were supposed to be the next ones. I think Ephraim came out before Ryoma. So it's hard to say, but they're doing their own thing. Uh, But we are going to quickly go over their new skills that were announced during the Fae channel. Uh, Ryoma will gain the skill attack speed rain and any lower versions that he needs as well to be able to get there, Um, as well as the usual upgrade to the legendary skill, Bushido turning into Bushido 2. Although the difference between them, it's gaining a complete overhaul. Uh, Bushido just gives them a plus 10 whenever special triggers. Uh, that pretty much goes away, and now Bushido 2 will neutralize effective against flying bonuses, give him a flat plus 7 to his damage, and if he is faster than his foe, it reduces his damage from attacks during combat and AoE specials, not including worker specials, of course, uh, by a percentage uh, of the damage uh, calculated as four times the difference in the speeds. Quite an upgrade there. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a really good... Uh really good boost to his powers and uh being kind of a fan favorite from uh fates even though that game has has its fair share of issues mm. uh it's really nice to see ryoma get that boost he is well deserved yep uh and i think the confusion th- i think the confusion born from the data mining was more excitement you know that led to the confusion because like oh man i'm gonna get a free guntra because i still don't have guntra um but no guntra is getting remixed as well guntra gains the tier 4 attack slash resistance solo skill and uh, the necessary skills to get to it as well as a more traditional upgrade for her chilling seal as opposed to the complete overhaul that ryoma got chilling seal 2 removes the health check to activate and at the start of the turn inflicts the foes with the lowest defense a minus 7 to the four main combat stats through their next action and additionally, any foes within two spaces of those foes, the ones with the lowest defense, 
receive a debuff of attack slash resistance minus seven. So more of a traditional upgrade. Her original was like attack uh, defense minus or attack res minus six mm-hmm. to just the foe with the lowest defense. So now it's hitting uh, speed and defense as well on the foes with the lowest defense and uh, bursts out to hit any foes within two spaces of them with a lesser version, which is still even more powerful than the original version. And also before, I can't remember if it was her health or the enemy health had to be above 50%. I think it was her health had to be above 50% to trigger. Now it triggers no matter what. So that's good. nice little upgrade for her. Yeah, so. I don't know. After the double special heroes debacle, like when this thing launches at the... The remix banners, are they the end of May or are they they're the middle of the month? Don't know. They didn't state when the remix banner was coming and we don't have that far into the calendar to know. Hmm. Okay. So, I'll need to know uh, whether it's probably worth... around similar time to when the double special heroes banner came out, because I'm expecting uh from now on we're gonna get double special heroes one month and legendary hero remix the next. Okay. So. So by that logic, you had the double special heroes starting on the 13th of April. So mid-May yeah, seems so. yep, pretty believable. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that, and hopefully this time I'll be able to get Gumfriend. It sounds like she has uh, she's going to pack a little bit more of a wallop as opposed to Ryoma, who has brought a brand new hammer to the, to the battle. So cool. looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, those weren't the only bit of info we got in the uh, update uh, about the update. Uh, there's going to be some new updates to the My Summoner features, uh, including new design, two new designs for your summer, one for each summoner, one for each gender. Uh, the ability to choose what form and damage type Braid Elect takes, including a sword version, axe version, lance, to- and tomes of all three colors on top of the original colorless tome that it came. And with special designs for them, uh, the sword and axe and lance are a bit more noticeable. The uh, tome versions are the same as your current weapon, just with colored uh, colored according to their damage type, red, blue, or green. Uh, you can also send a summoner to his or her harem, I, I mean the Ether Resort now. Uh, there are also some upgrades for summoners in Mjolnir's Strike in the form of an auto-create option to build, your, uh, build you a high-scoring team as well as quests for your summoner, uh, depending on how many kills your your summoner actually gets, uh, which will earn you up to 60 Divine Codes, too. So, You know, these weapons... That, I mean, I'm going to preface this with that. I have not uh, gone into Mjolnir Strike in a very long time. and But these weapon types, like the, the look and the design of like the sword, the lance, and the axe, because the tomes are just you know, uh, colorized versions of the original summoner's weapon. I'm actually tempted. I mean, crossbow or whatever. Yeah, they did. They did not do, uh, they did not do a bow, um, as you said, but I I think the designs of the sword, lance and ax are really cool and might be tempted to, to jump in on this, uh, and test it out because I didn't even test it out. I apologize. Yeah. I'll admit I haven't really tested it out either. So. Ah, well. It, like it's one like of those you, features. I don't go into Mjolnir Strike that often. Right. But so. I am looking forward to adding my summoner to my Aether Resort and then promptly not going in there <laughs> again for a while. Uh, the last piece of update news from the Fae channel is probably, uh, to many, and me included, 
uh, biggest and best news from the video. Uh, we're getting solution for crowded barracks. Uh, with the summoning I do, I, on a regular basis, have to clear out my barracks, create, uh, what is it, combat manuals. Uh, but they're now adding reserve barracks to the game. Uh, reserve barrack is a separate type of barracks that you can move your heroes into. And you can store 100 heroes in the reserve barrack. Now, 100 doesn't seem like a lot of heroes, except at launch you'll be able to have up to 10 reserve barracks for a total of 1,000 heroes uh, that can be put into reserves. Uh, for reference, if you spend orbs to upgrade your barracks fully, uh, you currently cap out at 1,100 heroes. So this is almost doubling your current stock of heroes you can have. Uh, we don't have the full details uh, at this time, but I'm speculating that there'll be restrictions like heroes and reserves uh, will not appear when you're trying to form teams, or maybe uh, they can't even be sent into reserves if they're on a team. Either that or they'll be pulled out of the team when they get sent to reserves. Not sure, and we'll go over the de details next week when we get them or when we get the actual up update in a couple weeks. Yeah, th this was a big... This is a big surprise to me because honestly, early on in the game, they were monetizing your hero space and it was a big deal when they added an additional 100 slots. And we always wondered why they hadn't added more slots. And I wonder if it was a technical limitation that they solved by creating, and this is all speculation, I could be probably am 100% wrong, but I wonder if the additional, like the reserve sort of the reserve bar barrack uh, idea is kind of like a way around that technical limitation where they can have these these sort of side these benches for your characters because i think like giving and this is the other thing they're on are they giving us this space because that was my big thing is like they must they're not charging for this like <laughs> i was honestly surprised I mean, they didn't charge for that extra hundred they added early on um i feel like that I, was a pity i don't know the code so I don't know how complicated or easy it is to do. I don't know how little data a hero can take up that they still have all the appropriate data. So putting him into a reserve, I don't know how much actual space that pulls out of your game. Um, you know, no clue what the details are, why they chose this method over just adding more spaces. I mean, if I'm right in that you can't see heroes in the reserves, I mean, that might be a way to help it... Uh, be less cluttered when you're trying to look through because I know that when I'm trying to uh, build a, you know, look for a specific character to put on a team or just look through my list, it's uh, since I've had that habit of collecting almost every hero, uh, it's quite a long list of roll up, scroll up, bunch of heroes to scroll through. You know, so the reserves will help me pull some out, and you know, depending on how I do it, I should have a pretty good idea of where to go to look for them, stuff like that. So. Yeah. I like the idea. Um, it was in Discord. I think it was Opera that suggested, or maybe Lord Nero uh, had suggested doing each reserve barrack being like a game in the franchise. And I think with ten, you could probably squeeze a few together and and call it a day to get ten. Yeah. So that sounds pretty good. My current plan, whether that'll hold up or not, is to do it by weapon types. Oh. So swords in one, lances in another. Uh, <laughs> axes in a third yeah you're gonna run into space in that red uh, sword barrack pretty quick yes swords might require two or three <laughs> well i think that's a good way to do it as well uh and probably an easier way to organize just based on the type of characters you're looking for and if you are going to be pulling 
folks, you know, heroes in and out of the barracks. That's probably a better way to do it. Uh, I, again, I just, I thought this was very generous if they're just giving it to us because it feels, it feels like they, they just want to be like, you know what? The more space you have, the better. We still want to kind of limit it maybe even artificially to make sure that you are kind of going through the process of sending home and creating combat manuals. But essentially like this is a, a really nice quality of life update that we have not had in a while. Probably like the other one that comes to mind is the creation of combat manuals. That felt like a big deal. So oh, yeah, I mean that, that answered a certain thing. Um, as it stands, there's currently 653 heroes so even if swords takes up two, I should have enough. I just might have to combine like all tomes or something like that. But um, I think it'll be know. fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, combat manuals answered a certain issue, which was skill inheritance. You know, a lot of people were filling up their barracks because they were trying to save a bunch of heroes to inherit skills from. So that helped with that. And but there are still out there who build different versions of multiple of the same character. So there are still some out there who are, if not full, close to full. So this will be helpful for them to clear out some space. I know personally, I still have to clear out, like you said, clearing out space. And I, I have not unlocked all of the space in the uh, the normal hero inventory, but I, I have lately been pushing orbs into it one at a time. So Yeah, I still haven't unlocked everything. I've been hovering around 700 or so, but, you know, with it getting up in the numbers, getting close to 700 unique heroes, that would start running even tighter for me, so. All right, well, we are going to move into the Outrealm Gate now because we've got some game club to discuss. Uh, We did say we were going to do Chapter 11 this week, but unfortunately, uh, time got the best of us. But we are going to discuss some paralogues and get prepared for wrapping up Part 1 over the next uh, few weeks after this episode. So uh, we'll start things off with an ocean view, which is a paralogue featuring Flane and Sedith. Flane and Sedith explain that the Western Church has seized sacred ground honoring St. Seachel at... And again, this game is fully voiced. Keyhole. Thank you, Keyhole. (laughs) Again, the game is fully voiced. Weird way to spell it, but that's what I'm pretty sure that's how they pronounce it. Saint Cecil is what it is. No, sure. Saint Keyhole. <laughs> that works too. Keyhole. Keyhole. I believe so. so. Okay. Uh, at Rodos Coast, and Seteth uh, elaborates that there are radicals who continue to resist the new order. After driving off the heretic apostates, Seteth retrieves the spear of Asal and Caduceus staff. Yep. All right. Sounds right to me. From the site, there's just. I, look, as someone who went through, uh, you know, French classes all through his childhood, and uh, his French teacher cursed him for it, pronounced every letter in every word, and uh, that's not how languages work, uh, specifically French and English for that matter. So there you go. Uh, but I, I keep doing it to this day, annoying every podcast listener known to humankind. Uh, all right. Uh, he reveals that his wife is buried at the monument. Flane states that her mother can rest in peace, and Sedith reveals that his claim that the two are siblings is a lie, and that she is actually his daughter. He explains that since people are willing to hurt Flane for her blood, the two have falsified their identities, a deception aided by Sedith's relatively youthful appearance. 
After recalling the happy times they spent with Seta's wife, the group heads home. Another chink in the, what really is going on here, you know? Why, why is this random church guy's wife buried at a monument to St. Keyhole? Do they use these monuments as burial sites regularly? Or is there something more going on here? Yeah. I mean, this is this was... When I think back to my first playthrough of Three Houses, this was one of the first paralogues that was like, weird, everyone's got a mysterious past, and we've we've basically uncovered the the answer to this one in in that like no they're not siblings they're father and daughter and i thought that was a really cool revelation well we've uncovered the answer to one of the weird questions surrounding these two why why flane who looks no older than um lysithia talks about having been in um have has a really really old map of the capital of the uh, empire, the Dressian Empire, a really, really old map of Enbar, and talks like she's, you know, was talks about the old times. You know, she looks fifteen. Yeah, how old can her old times be? Why would she have a severely outdated map of a city? <laughs> I have no idea. And it is it is odd. Like it's almost like all the close followers of, um. I want. To, I was gonna say Saros, but that's uh, not her name. Not her. Not her name at this point in the story. Ah, oh, gosh, Rhea. Rhea. It, like everyone around her, just seems to emanate mystery and just be older than they actually appear to be. And I think with oh, the- what, what you mean the fact that um, after getting an infusion of Rhea's blood, uh, what's your your dad's name? Gerald seemed to stop aging. And that he looks the same as he did 20 years ago? Yeah. I mean, that pretty much sums it up, does it not? She just keeps... She's a reverse vampire, is what you're saying. I mean... uh, There there are things that they're hinting at (laughs) that to really go into the details of would be spoilers. Oh, okay. So she is a reverse vampire. Got it. Um, You already hinted at it with uh, calling her by a different name. I know. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. This game's been out for two years, and the Wikipedia articles have been out for a year and nine months. It's fine. Everyone, everyone's gonna live. We're we're at a monument to Saint Keyhole, and you know Keyhole who had a Saint Keyhole who had a daughter, Saint Sethleen. Wait, Seth has a daughter. Hmm. Oh, I did not. I did not try to. I did not put that together. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe everyone's just a saint. There's a lot of saints going around here in this three houses. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the type of stuff that isn't like directly said to you, but is laid out in such a plain fashion that like it's almost it's so obvious that it's got to be true. And it's really for those folks that want to dig a little deeper, edit some Wikipedia pages and, and go did, nuts. Did, yeah. Did you ever notice the crest that uh, Sedeth has and Flane has? N- no, but I'm going to guess it's on the monument. Well, no. Sedeth oh. has the crest of Keyhole and Flane has the crest of Sethleen. Because it's their crest. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, this is the thing. Like, I think if you're an eagle eye and you're really digging into the details, you're going to be finding a lot yeah. that kind of explains a little more. Oh, yeah, there, there are definitely some later um, uh, part two uh, paralogues that you definitely want to bring uh, Flane and or Sedeth into. Okay. For interesting dialogues. 
Well, I have a feeling that our part two, my part two experience, not just because we're doing Claude instead of Edelgard, my part two experience is going to be very different because I did not get a lot of paralogs because I did not have a lot of these characters recruited. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. I did have Flane and Seth at the, or I had Flane at the time of my part, uh, my first playthrough. Oh. So I do remember what, this what, one. I believe both the paralogs that I'm thinking of, uh, and I don't know if one of them has anything, but both the paralogs I'm thinking of we should encounter in this playthrough because uh, one of them is uh, Leone's paralog in part two. And the other, I believe, that would potentially have an interesting dialogue would be uh, Claude's paralogue. Right. Okay. So. Well, I'm looking forward to that because I like me some paralogues. But speaking of paralogues that we do have right now, uh, there is Dividing the World. Uh, this one is Hilda and Cyril are required to access it or participate in it. Raiders from the eastern nation of Elmira are attacking the border fortress known as Fodlin's Locket. And Hilda's brother, Holst, wants her to drive them off. Cyril overhears this conversation and asks to tag along. He explains that he was captured in battle at Fodlin's Locket and forced into servitude in House Goneril before being taken in by Rhea. He wishes to spare any Almiran war orphans they encounter the same fate. When Hilda and company arrive at the border, Goneril soldiers reveal Holst has fallen ill and the Locket's defense rests entirely on Hilda's shoulders. Afterwards, Cyril, Cyril explains that the Almirans are less concerned with invading Fodlin and more concerned with simply proving their strength. She also reveals that she, uh, Hilda reveals that she has received the hero's relic of House Goneril from her brother, uh, Freakugel. Good old Freakugel. Freak, freak, freak the grill. I don't know. Uh, the way they, the way they write out these weapon types, uh, or these weapons is crazy, but, um, I'll say this about this this paralogue. It's crazy how Hilda's personality completely changes in this paralogue when she is not complaining about having to work and she is ready to help her ready just ready to help, ready to take charge, ready to go. It was an interesting switch. Yeah, you probably never got this paralogue the first time because you wouldn't weren't able to recruit Hilda, but this was always an interesting one that, you know, really showed the depth of Hilda. She will take the easiest route if she can get it, but she, you know, actually does care about people and certain things and will do what she needs to uh, because, you know, to help them out or to, you know, to make sure that they don't get hurt. So Exactly. There's this responsibility that Hilda portrays here that you don't see anywhere else in the game so far. I'm imagining one's part... I'm imagining once part two hits, like she's a little more responsible, but I, I could be I could be wrong. <laughs> there's some difference between parts one and part two. Um, it's been a while, so maybe there's more than I'm remembering, but I think they all more or less keep their, you know, base character the whole game. Could be misremembering. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really like this paralogue. I, I had a lot of fun with it, and it was really cool to see Hilda and Cyril kind of step up and have some more stronger character moments. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me, like, I lost one soldier. The soldiers you're trying to basically protect in the, until they can escape are sort of scattered around the map, and I think the one that got oh, yeah. killed was sort of, like, way up high, and he got taken out. He got constantly harassed by, like, a flying unit, and I couldn't get anyone down there fast enough once yeah, I realized. That, that is definitely a challenge of this map is... 
you're trying to save all the soldiers and there are a couple that are really out there and tough to get. You got to have some flying units able to zoom up there and ignore everything else. Yeah. I think what I what I was mistaken with is I did not I did not change my my map formation very well. Like I didn't like, "Oh, I'm going to want to make sure I have mobile characters who are out in the field because you do have kind of two teams, one defending the escape route and then one sort of stationed in the far right middle of the map and uh yeah, if you're not careful, I mean the heroes uh, my heroes were fine. They the uh, the enemies didn't stand a chance, but yeah, saving the units was I, I I did miss one. I think it probably affected the rewards I got, but at this point I wasn't really too worried about it. And I was too, <laughs> it was too yeah. lazy to restart. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So. But it was a lot of fun. I really am enjoying these paralogs in three houses and uh the, we're starting to get into the more character driven, more meteor stories of the paralogs as opposed to I lost my meat pie. Can you help me? And uh, that's not a real paralog, but you get the idea. Yep. Cool. I mean, all the paralogs have more details for certain characters, you know, just... Just one's yeah. about finding Two, a meat pie, changes. right? I don't recall that one, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm poking fun. But, I mean, the one about finding a meat pie is very important meat pie to that character. Yeah. Whoever Ooh. this imaginary character you're thinking of is. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't a meat pie at all. It was a chicken pot pie. And, you know, you think back to the one with Lawrence, you know, learning about the intricacies of what his father's like and dealing with his father is like and, you know, kind of a bit more about the politics of uh, Leicester Alliance as well as you learn more about the politics in Raphael and uh, Ignatz's one and a lot more about those characters so yeah that's the nice thing about the paralogs they really show you in depth who the characters truly are down deep down yeah that, reveal that, more about their situations that paralog almost made me like lawrence almost but mm-hmm. he's still a butt i mean lawrence's paralog just showed that he has a tough but he's still a butt exactly and i'm not sure i liked him any more than normal he just you know he has a tough life, he, tough bunch of stuff he has to deal with with his father. He does. Fact, you know, shows you that there's someone who's actually worse than Lawrence out there. Which is unfortunate, to say the least. Well, that is going to do it for this Eltround Gate. We have Chapter 11 next week, as well as uh, I think we only have one paralogue remaining in Part 1 that we're going to cover. But getting so close, May. May, I think I feel safe saying that May is when we're going to start Part 2 of the Claude route. So look forward to that as we fast forward a few years and we, uh, we see what happens post time skip, man, what a year for, uh, for post time skips, five year gaps, right? Or no, was this? Yep. Yeah. This was end game year too, right? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And also I will note that this, uh, parallel last parallel we have sword and shield of Saros, a uh, bunch of you playing with us might have already done because it pops up pretty early. But I was—I've been trying personally to wait until I was able to recruit Alois to do it. So yeah, and I still Hopefully don't have Alois. I'll have him. Yeah. So we'll we'll we might do that one next week, depending on how uh, if Eddie's Eddie well, and I are the, able to. It's the last week to. It's the last. I'm pretty sure next month is the last month to recruit Alois in the game. So or to do this paralogue in the game. So. Whether we get Alois or not, we'll be doing it unless we decide to skip it. 
Oh, we're not going to skip it. We've done all of them for the most part, I think. We've, 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 we might have quick fired a few. We might have spent more time on others, but uh, yeah, we will, uh, we will talk Sword and Shield of Saros as well as Chapter 11 next week, uh, barreling towards Part 2 of Three Houses. So look forward to that. But that is going to conclude our show this week. You can find more of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Have some thoughts on whether Lawrence is maybe not that bad a person. I look forward to your essays. Um, check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Great spot to interact with us, uh, Eddie and I, as we talk about Fire Emblem Heroes. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn, where you can find uh, show updates. You know, I will note that I don't think Lawrence is that bad of a person. He's just an annoying jerk. So, mm, Yeah, agree to disagree. He's not that great. <laughs> I'm not saying he's great. He's just not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, maybe he's not that bad. He's an annoying jerk and not good or great, but he is not that bad. You know. There are worse people in the game, like all the bad guys, I suppose. So I'll give you that. And Hubert. And Hubert. <laughs> yes, and Hubert. All the bad guys and Hubert. Yeah, so look forward to that. Um, if you want to learn more about Hubert, you can go to serenesforest.net, which is our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. I love, I love that you threw Hubert under the bus. That was great. I couldn't resist. Who can, really? Really?